1: hey everybody tonight we're debating flat earth versus globe earth and we are starting right now with the flat earth side thanks so much for being with us wits it gets it and kai
2: the floor is all yours how's it going so uh you want to sit we'll do our little opener right now share the screen you bet i'll
1: switch it over for you there you go they can see it crystal clear
2: all right perfect all right, so the Earth is a stationary geocentric dielectric plane. Don't make it weird. All right. So we want to go over a, a few little uh, quotes. Let me start. my, me start my uh, All right, so briefly, everything occurs as if the Earth were a rest. Physics, uh, Henrik Lorenz, but he's just like one of the father heads of electrical field theory. What does he know? I actually can't read this because these people are in my way. Can I move the actual people uh just forget it um this is einstein basically saying that every attempt on any terrestrial experiment to prove the earth is spinning didn't work and was a negative result but that's how we know the earth is spinning uh the data of michelson morley were almost unbelievable there was only one other possible conclusion to draw that the earth was at rest another physicist what do we know this is an infamous stephen hawking's uh really smart guy um is it Ptolemaic t- or copernican system correct all um, observations terrestrially show that the Earth is at rest. This is infamous physicist Stephen Hawking, but what does he know? Again, once more for the record, it has been shown at least six different ways this century, this century alone that the equations and physics used by NASA to launch satellites are identical to the equations derived from geocentric universe. But there's no way the Earth could be geocentric. That's crazy. I can kind of remember this, even though it's, again, blocked. But today's scientists substitute mathematics for experiments, wander off in La La Land to where basically they end up with no relation to reality. And mathematical constructs, of course, aren't reality. Um, So let's just see if NASA is a credible source, since they're the ones that give us all this mystical information about space and the Earth being a ball to your question that uh, the sky is almost white with with the light of the universe with the uncountable number of stars. The sky is uh, deep black. Uh, The sky is almost white with with the light of the universe with the uncountable number of stars. The sky is uh, deep black. You can't see the constellations because the sky is just so alive with stars. The
0: most unexpected thing I think was um the blackness of space. Most
3: unexpected thing, I think, was um, the blackness. So again, you're just going to hear more contradictions between the astronauts. Whether you can see stars or not, you would think that they would all be on the same page and recall the same things if they went to the same place, but clearly there is a discrepancy. So we have more of this.
4: We were never able to see stars
2: from the lunar surface or on the daylight side of the moon by eye without looking through the optics. Uh, I don't recall during the period of time that we were
0: photographing the Zona Curl or what stars we could see. I don't remember seeing any. The sky is uh, deep black. uh, when viewed from the moon as it is when viewed from uh, cislunar space, the space between the Earth and the moon. And we cannot see stars. It's, it's not it's a black cool
3: void. I mean, it's
2: black, but there's all kinds of little polka dots. There's all
4: the, there's all the stars there. And the cool thing is about it, you can see it during the day. And when you're when you're in space and you're looking into deep space and you're on the sun side of the
2: orbit, uh, the sunlight washes out all the starlight, so you can't see any stars. Just like you're on Earth. there's all the, there's all the stars there, and the cool thing is about it, you can see it during the day. Yeah, you can, and there's more than stars. You can see planets. You can right. see moons. You, you see the get ga- the gas uh, Magellan clouds
3: of yeah. You know, yeah what- so yeah, which is it? Do we see stars at all? Do we see them on the sun side or not on the sun side? So much contradiction does not make sense if they are all going to the same place.
2: Yeah, seems weird. They're all going to space, but they all have very different experiences that are directly contradictory. Um, here's some pictures most people have seen. Uh, this is an infamous uh, scientific scientific talk from NASA. And in the background, it shows you this guy that's opposing on the ISS is in front of a blue screen. Um, totally, totally normal. And uh, here's in the bottom right is NASA saying, which is a clip shot of an article talking about how they use virtual reality in space now, um, which is convenient because we've seen their hands go through coffee cups and lemons and uh, et cetera. uh, And that's
3: how it looks like they're manipulating like water droplets or like floating pizzas or whatever shenanigans they have, but they're able to do it with such accuracy because they're using VR.
2: Yeah. And just to address, I mean, uh, we're, we're, addressing the credibility of the primary source of all the stories of space before we get any further. So uh, NASA also admits that they practice their spacewalks in a pool. Um, they have a mock uh, ISS in the pool. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty cool. You know, just, just practicing the pool. No big deal. Um, but it appears that NASA, uh, NASA missions halted after astronaut almost drowns water covered eyes, nose and ears. Here's another article. Astronauts keep almost drowning in space um, and it does say keep for a reason because if you google this you will find this story being told once every year for the last five years so consistently they can't figure it out mysteriously nasa's uh, astronaut suits keep filling with water in space but of course like we said they they do practice their spacewalks in a pool so maybe maybe just maybe they're in water um this is a, to address the claims of all the satellites uh the biggest consumer of helium in the entire world is nasa They they uh, consume about 90% of the world's helium supply. Um, and of course, they have a satellite project. So, no one, most flat earthers do not deny that there's stuff in the sky. We just deny the uh, claims that they're in a second law of thermodynamics violation. So, we're going to move on. You wanna, you wanna...
3: Oh, yeah. These are apparently real pictures of planets, but clearly they are CGI, which. Same with the globe. There's only one real picture supposedly ever taken of the globe. Uh, Robert Simmons confirms this in an interview they did that they use uh, composite imaging and artist rendition. They take a flat map and wrap it around a ball and add in Photoshop clouds.
2: Right, <laughs> so it's just 2022, but we have nothing but CGI. And if we deny this, then we're apparently crazy. Um, so here's a video with you know an actual video of what with the, the Nikon
3: P1000, I believe, yep. when you actually look at the stars with that versus um, using NASA's CGI. Yeah.
2: So the globe earthers will, of course, say that this is just not in focus, but it's very convenient that you can so precisely critique a shot with an actual camera as you tout CGI. So I think it's a bit of a double standard there. This is an actual verifiable video as opposed to computer-generated cartoons. So I think that doesn't really make sense. I would probably pump the brain. It's just out of focus. It's out of focus. But anyway, moving on. Here's another video.
3: So what are the lights in the sky then?
2: This doesn't look like the CGI. Um, And again, we always have to rely on a handful. And by the way, into telescopes, I'm sure they're going to say, no, the telescopes are the same unless they have computer program rendering the image and it's layered. So, again, that's not a real image. That's not a real picture. So what what is up with that? Why is it that when we look at the actual pictures, they, they seem to show a totally different story? So, like she said, I wonder what they are.
3: And what they resemble are cymatic patterns in water which is where you take frequencies and then you are able to create this um, sacred geometry in water or sand Um, there's also an effect called sonoluminescence where you use uh, frequency in water and it's able to create a bubble once the bubble collapses light emits and this phenomenon is also called a star in a jar so just If NASA is lying about these um, things in the sky, what could they possibly be?
2: Right. And this is just actual science, right, where you can actually prove the phenomena. So if you, you manipulate a medium with acoustic introduction or frequencies, again, it will emit light and they look identical to what we see when we look at the sky. Um, So very interesting, cymatic patterns seem to potentially be the source of the sky. Um, So the entire conversation here is, is the Earth a globe or is the the Earth flat? Uh, One of the primary things you hear a lot is, oh, do you have a model? Do you have a model? Um, Well, here we go. If we just use the actual phenomena that we can measure, the magnetic flux here, these are uh, on the top, that's the magnetic flux. On the bottom, that's ocean currents. They map out perfectly on a flat surface. Of course, on the globe, they're all over the place. Um, This was a very popular website, and it took the azimethyl projection down once people started finding out about Flat Earth. Um, On the right here, you will see that the sun rays, the direct 9-degree angle, does not line up with the equator, which is the hottest part of the globe, which makes no sense whatsoever. Of course, on the Flat Earth, it makes perfect sense. The temperature uh, distribution is perfectly aligned with the position of the sun, just like when it's hotter when it's noon. Um. So of course, gas pressure is the force of the gas particles colliding with the walls of its container. So that's an antecedent to gas pressure is a container.
3: Gravity is not a container, not a physical container.
2: Although that is your replacement of a container. Um, so here we have some proof of, a, of what appears to be uh, the container reflecting light.
3: This effect is called a sundog. They say it's because there's ice crystals in the sky, but this phenomenon also can happen during the summer. Interesting.
2: That, yep. I think we only have like a minute or two left, so um, real quickly. This is an electromagnetic field, which is what we have on the Earth, the globe Earth. According to Harvard, still can't even adequately explain how the magnetic field even exists or how it is distributed. But anyway, magnetic fields have what's called an inertial plane. So there's a depiction. You would live on that green plane through the middle. Here's actually has is the uh, inverse to a counter space which of course is polarity which is a three-dimensional s-curve in other words the plane of inertia which is the inverse of uh, magnetic centrifugal divergence which of course forms the geometry of this the toroid is a cross section of a toroid or a donut shape and this is of course what the magnetic field looks like right it's toroidal it's- right so there's the inertial plane which would again be where you live I'm gonna have to go through this pretty fast, so sorry in advance. But there's an atmospheric gradient on the Earth of electric potential; it goes up roughly 100 to 120 volts per meter. That results in a downward current on the Earth. So when people say something about gravity, actually they're just hijacking the phenomena that we know is there. Is electric force stronger than or stronger or weaker than the gravitational force? Well, it's 10 to the 39th power stronger than gravity, even claims to be, and you can't isolate it. So how? How could you ever find out anything that was any weaker than that so um, so
3: it's not gravity it's electrostatics so
2: electrostatics incoherent dielectric acceleration specifically and in a world productions I think mean, we made the time pretty quick <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very
1: much for that opening statement. And I want to let you know, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, we are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. We hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from, flat earther, globe earther, you name it. We're thrilled you're here. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button for more juicy debates coming up. With that, we're going to kick it over to Taylor and Jen for their opening as well. Thanks so much for being with us. Defending the globe tonight. Taylor and Jen, the floor is all yours.
0: Thank you so much, James, Taylor, with it, Kai. everybody associated with the channel. Great to be here. I'm Jen, I'll be giving a defense of the globe Earth, and I'm really looking forward for the chance to be back on the show. I just want to say real quick that uh, I appreciate the amount of scholarship that uh, has gone into my opponent's defense of their position. I, I don't recall exactly how the last debate went, but it does seem that it's a lot tighter from the scientific persuasive angle. It doesn't mean I agree with you. And I'm looking at you, audience, all the people that said that I was defaulting mid-debate last time. That did not happen. That's just called being having a good person like attitude in debates. So back to what it is we're talking about here. And this is a bit of a touchy topic for me. This has frustrated me before. It's like, isn't it obvious that it's a ball? I mean, look, everything pretty much, if we just let it do its thing, it's, it's, it's a ball. But that's obviously not what our senses tell us. So we have a bit of a pull back and forth between an impression and Measurements, and we have to use geometry, mathematics, and physical models to interpolate our way to a greater understanding. And that's where I like to invoke metaphors. What is this? It's a three dimensional lens, and it's a metaphor both for our atmosphere and our consciousness and our eyeballs. What is this fundamentally doing? Well, it is pulling in a bunch of light to a more concentrated region. And I apologize in advance if my audio is not working out. This is a new set of headphones for me, so please bear with me. I'm uh, doing my best to make the most compelling version of the arguments as I can kind of cobble together because it's hard to put myself in the position of somebody who would uh, be skeptical about something like that just because I isn't there already a sort of inbuilt skepticism just with the sheer relative size? If you're saying the earth is flat, you're potentially saying that what your eyes recognize for something that's many thousands of times bigger than you is the accurate shape. Now, why would we expect the shape to be accurate when I just demonstrated three examples of lenses, atmosphere, consciousness, and eyeball, and none of those reflects what was originally put through does it i'm flipped upside down what am i getting at here it's about what's a reasonable place to begin a reasonable place to start is well it's actually pretty much the only way to explain what we see here is with a globe and if i may share my screen I will go over to address some of these arguments. All right. Crystal clear. Okay. So I have, is my um, leaked government document? I just googled this randomly, and I'm sure this is a bit of a, a straw person here. But just bear with me. What is this saying? I can totally see how you know you might want to say, "Oh well, they do it. They did a drawing." And therefore, that's what reality is. But we're sort of missing the point of physics, which is to make models. So it is perfectly conceivable that NASA or others would be using something that looks like a flat Earth model, but that does not actually, nobody using that model actually believes that the Earth is flat. It's just the best approximation given the scale and what does that mean just intuitively there is no reason to think that we would be able to do multi-scale estimation so we really have to completely trust a model on all the levels so what this model might be telling us i don't know if it's real it's probably not but hypothetically let's say that it was it would be an approximation on that scale meaning not more than 100 meters if we want to take into account the scale of the entire planet, well, that's considerably bigger. So if we start with what's obviously, you know, obviously a sphere, I've got this ball here. As I pull it away from the camera, it's a lot harder to tell whether it's a sphere or a circle. So there is an issue with spherical things at a sufficient distance appearing flat. And there's a question of what is it we can actually conceive of? in terms of a model that is going to give us an accurate representation that is going to give us accurate predictions Of numerical values and realizing that those two aren't the same. So, the model that gives you the best numbers in terms of future values and the model that tells you the exact physics of what's going on, they may not be the same. And you may not even be able to have a single model for both because of the complexity of the cosmos. So, I'm just throwing out examples here that even though it's a frustrating debate to keep on having, you can see why there might be misunderstandings, especially when we have prevalence of beliefs that cogito ergo sum, and perhaps this is committing a bit of a reification fallacy with regards to the importance of sensory impressions. How am I doing for time, James? I uh, I feel like I've been really rambling here, and I don't want to go too long. All right. Well, I have like pages and pages still to go here and I know my partner wanted to wrap it up uh, and go into the actual meat of the conversation. So I'll try to just skip through to whatever was the I made a lot of notes about the presentation. So uh, that <laughs> that what and Kai put on. So I guess uh... Well, will take, take your time if you feel like you need it.
4: Don't rush on my behalf.
0: I guess I'll mention just quickly, thank you so much about the moon, that there's definitely some mysterious stuff going on with the moon. And have a look here. There's really no reason that the moon ought to line up with the sun so perfectly as to create this effect. It's really quite something. And so I don't think that that necessarily tells us anything about a physical model, but it's certainly an example as to how mysterious everything is and can precipitate the symmetry. And I think you mentioned also that there was no way to disprove that we were in the center of the universe. And findings like that, they're mysterious because, I I expect that because cosmology does tend to be mysterious. And that fact pretty much signals to me that it's another manifestation of the least action principle that's very ubiquitous notion that the amount of energy is always minimized over a, whatever field the vibration is taking place in. And so whenever a mysterious symmetry arises, I always think, okay, it's something connected to the least action principle, even though I don't know exactly what it is. Somehow it's coming together to create a something beautiful and i better not let my inclinations towards poetic interpretations take me off on a flight of fancy because i am doing physics here i need to really stick with not just good measurements but a good interpretation of the measurements and acknowledging all of the evidence but also contextualizing it like what does it really mean that you saw (laughs) those water effects on the the, I think he called it sacred geometries. What does that really mean? Well, much more likely that that's a lensing effect either from the camera or possibly even the atmosphere. And so there's maybe some effects that are less well understood. For example, a, a snow dog could happen at any time. I think that's what it's called. The lens effect in the sky it could happen at any time. Is this really just a a triple, uh, not a triple point, sorry, it's, it's just a matter of whether it's at the right pressure, density, temperature point for that effect to happen. It doesn't have to be like cold or warm on the surface. That's an effect that manifests in the atmosphere, and it would be the temperature there that determined it. So, yeah, the moon is really what sells me on Earth being round. Because we don't see the moon all the time. It goes away. But we do see the same face of the moon all the time. So that's another mystery. But those two things combined, the fact that the moon is less privileged than us uh, rotationally in the sense that the face that if you were standing on the moon, you could eventually see everything on the planet versus the planet Earth only sees one face of the moon. That tells me it has to be a sphere because... We would see it all the time if it was not if it was flat, I suppose. So I guess I I'm done with my intro and thanks for listening. And I'll hand it over to my uh, co debater. Thanks so much.
4: Thanks, Jen. And I'll share my screen too.
1: While he's pulling that up, I want to remind you folks, our guests are linked in the description. So if you'd like to learn more about the views of either side, you can by clicking on their links below. All right, Snake, they can see your screen as clear as day.
4: All right. Uh, Is this tab, is the word tab showing up? Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to be reading off that. Or do you, do you see my text document or do you just see the. Uh, right now, you're glow. fully
1: sharing your screen. If you wanted to click on a certain window to share, you could. You'd have to unshare and then go back to sharing.
4: Okay. Sorry about that.
1: Not a problem. As mentioned, folks, they're. Screen. Oh, yeah. I see it. Down in the description. That includes the podcast. Modern Day Debate. Debates are uploaded to our podcast within 24 hours of each debate. And we put our guest links in the description box for the podcast episode as well. They can now see a picture of a globe Earth.
4: Okay. So, um, yeah. So, flat Earth is pseudoscience. It's fake skepticism. Uh, They accept photographs and tabletop experiments if they support flat Earth, but they reject photographs and valid experiments if they support the globe. Uh, They have an impossibly high standard of evidence for the real science, but will instantly turn on a dime and lower their standards if the same type of evidence supports the flat Earth. But you can't have it both ways. Um, We have experiments proving how gravity works. Do they care? No. Do they they have experiments showing how gravity works as they say? No, but they accept their conjecture as fact anyway. Uh, They'll speculate about some woo-woo electromagnetic uh, whatever that might be responsible for suspending and moving the sun inside the atmosphere, and that's good enough. Uh, But meanwhile, rigorous peer-reviewed science is dismissed as a conspiracy. They insist that the sun is in the atmosphere, but will never send an expedition there. Any photographic evidence of actual expeditions to the moon are claimed automatically to be fake. So there's a double standard. Um, regardless, the globe predicts data. Flat Earth predicts none of the data. If you make predictions about reality, you understand how it works. If you can't, you don't. Flat Earthers can't even accommodate the data they're actually so incompetent at this that uh, they now avoid even trying to make a map at all possible costs because all flat maps always contradict real world observations of flight paths, star paths, land proportions, uh, path of the sun and moon, et cetera, et cetera. Um, flat earthers don't even have enough real confidence or practical skill to make a map, let alone send an expedition to the things that they claim are in the atmosphere, like the sun and moon. Nor will they even try um, to quote uh, to quote Kai. That's why we keep it vague. Um, so it doesn't matter to them because all the evidence is a conspiracy. It's all lies, so they can just reject it out of hand. It has to be an impossible global conspiracy instead of facing the possibility that they might be wrong. When flat earther Bob Nodell bought a laser gyroscope to prove no rotation, then he measured a 15 degree per hour rotation. He dismissed it rather than accept the possibility. He had no idea what he was talking about. When Flat Earth or Jaronism proved water curvature with his own experiment, he dismissed it rather than admit he was wrong. Interesting. You also saw them in their presentation misrepresenting what physicists actually say about the subject, quote mining things, cutting things up out of context. Um, so what are we supposed to do in the face of such reckless hubris? Well, what about that oft-repeated phrase, replacement is independent of falsification, the, the excuse for why they can't produce a working map? The so-called falsifications come down to a few typical misunderstandings like why no one falls off the bottom, quote unquote, how curved water can be level, how the atmosphere stays held to the earth next to a vacuum. Properly understood, real physics like gravity explain all this and actually necessitate a globe shape, falsifying and replacing the flat earth at the same time. Flat earthers universally reject gravity, and it's for a good reason. If you understand gravity, you can't really be a flat earther. OK. Um. So a couple more slides here. Almost done. Um, second point, uh, other than gravity, I would like Kaien Witsit to explain how the stars rotate in different directions depending on the hemisphere, because it's not physically possible on any flat plane. Um, and let's see, oh, thirdly, uh, the Feed you saw for most of this presentation was a the live feed from the Himawari eight Japanese weather satellite, a non NASA installation. Um, So, and flat earthers can falsify it at any time. Just go find weather data that contradicts the unfakeable live feed. I can assure you, they will not do this. Um, And the only other photographic evidence I want to bring up is the photos of the curved water at Lake Pontchartrain. So, let's discuss. Thanks.
1: You got it. And with that, we're going to jump into open conversation. Want to let you know, though, folks, as mentioned, a lot of juicy debates coming up that you don't want to miss. For example, at the bottom right of your screen, I'm pulling up this new one, are trans women women. It is going to be a controversial one between Vosh and Dr. Bogardus as they collide next month. You don't want to miss it. Hit that subscribe button. With that, we're going to jump into an open conversation, as mentioned. Thanks so much. Austin, Kai, Taylor, and Jen, the floor
2: is all yours. Okay, you keep on talking about experiments. So I think Kai has a question. Yes, we
3: have a question for Taylor. So, Taylor, what are the three constituent parts of a scientific experiment?
4: Well, you're looking for a specific answer, so why don't you tell me? We're just looking for the right answer. Yeah,
3: because you think let's just talk about an experiment.
4: Let's not waste time. Let's talk about Cavendish.
3: Okay, so I will I will. I will answer the question that you can't answer. You have an independent, dependent, and control variable, okay? And the, the crucial part is establishing cause and effect, okay? Mm-hmm. That's how you conduct a scientific right. so experiment.
4: So let's talk about Cavendish now, experiment, now, before cause you and effect.
3: Me, before you interrupt me, so when we're talking about gravity, that means you have to, if gravity... Space-time has to be the independent variable. You have to be able to manipulate the independent variable. And that is not what the current um, science, which is actually pseudoscience, is ever doing. So,
4: No, you don't. Uh, That's just a lie. Um, So let's talk about the Cavendish experiment.
3: You don't need to
4: manipulate all those things.
2: Cavendish wasn't trying to prove gravity, but go ahead. Yes, it does. It proves that there's an attraction
4: between masses, which is gravity.
2: Cavendish wasn't trying to prove gravity.
4: You it doesn't matter what he was trying to prove. It matters what uh, the experiment shows, and the man Cavendish is irrelevant. So what does the experiment show? It shows an attraction between mass and of story.
2: No, it doesn't actually. Yes, it's very it does. In, it's actually very inconsistent. So are you claiming that you always get the same results? <clears throat> no, that's the point of uh, experiments, is you can repeat them. Right, as less so than sometimes the
4: experiments have errors. There's what a torsion was- element to it. Some people get the torsion element wrong.
2: Okay, so... But you can't have do you the agree string that- have any torque in it. Do you agree that if you do an experiment 10 times and then you only get the right result one time and you dismiss the other nine to user error and just cherry pick the one out, that's not actually science.
4: Mm-hmm. So 99% of the time you get the same answer. And it's that mass is attracts mass. That's incorrect. Which is no, not, not even...
3: Which has also been superseded by um, Einstein, which is now the bending warping of space-time. This no, was Cavendish
4: even, was not overturned
2: by Einstein. They still uh, use uh, that Newtoni-
3: Newtonian. No, Newtonian
2: physics. So you said mass attracting mass. That's saying that gravity is an intrinsic property of matter. That's Newtonian physics. It was superseded in 1915. Gravity is no longer considered an intrinsic property of matter. That's fine. Is There's still an attraction that's between that's mass.
3: Well-, well documented if you just research it. I can there's pull up some a, academic quotes for you if you would like. There's to. not an attraction between I remember you, you
0: mentioned something about a stationary plane and a dielectric plane. Would you um, Yeah, where's the experiment for that?
2: Wait, wait, wait. Before that though, you, would you like to concede that uh,
4: Absolutely not. You're lying right now. That is an um, experiment that absolutely shows attraction between mass and mass. When you put two heavy masses next to each other, they will always be attracted to each other. And you can take out the many variables, that's what the torsion bar is for, you take out the variable of spin and right. torque, you take it off the ground, you take off. You take out the variable of friction, so anytime you put two masses next to each other, they will attract each other. You can switch them, and the experiment will spin the other way. You can What's put the, the masses on the other variable? side, and it will immediately be pushed to the other side.
2: Well, that okay, again, you're just saying that, but I've actually researched it in depth. It does not consistently work. But the, the real problem, I'll just go ahead and cut it this does. off. You're lying, I'll go ahead and cut this off at the head for you, man. Uh, you didn't control for the variable of electrostatics, which is 10 to the 39th power stronger than gravity. So even if it was consistent, which it objectively isn't, the attractive force there that's objectively and measurably there is 10 to the 39th power stronger than gravity. Can you rebut that for me?
4: Yeah, because you can put elect, you can test for that. Uh, the, the actual physical
0: type? answer there, if you want to get technical, is that gravity acts over one over R squared, or yeah. falls off as one over R squared, and electromagnetism falls off as one over R cube. So what you see is exactly what you'd expect, but you have to interpret it correctly. It's a question. Why are we even to able work. to stand up? I mean, let's, you know, give the globe their, you know, give them a chance, like. If they're right, basically what they're saying is that we have this big globe and we're sucked into the scent towards the center of it because it's so massive. And uh, then the question becomes, well, why aren't we just a big flat pancake on the ground sizzling? And the answer is because we have electrostatic torsion holding us standing up. I mean, in a way it's a bit of a miracle that we're able to stand up and ambulate so easily. Ask anyone who's trying to program a robot to walk and it takes them a really long time to get the thing, not to just fall over in a ball. I'm a bit being a bit hyperbolic here, but uh, just so you know, the electrical gravity torsion, you know, equilibrium point—that's exactly what you would expect for a globe. It's just that okay. when the it, the gravity force is one over r squared versus electricity is one over r cubed, so in very close distances, electricity is much stronger. Over longer distances, gravity is stronger. But and then that's they have just a, a balance point. Metal.
2: That's called a begging the question fallacy. So we're, we're, not, we're actually deb- not. disputing that very thing. He just invoked Newtonian physics, which no, is I didn't. over 100. You're lying ma- again. Ma- so are you saying Einsteinian physics is mass attracts mass?
4: That is an observable fact, whether you're is, Einsteinian is physics the theory of or not.
2: Relativity, does the theory of relativity say that mass attracts mass? No. No, okay. but it so doesn't falsify it necessarily the, the Newtonian the theory of relativity well, no. doesn't say the I, sky is I blue either. Okay, so what you're saying is that uh, you're trying to prove a gravity that was proven to no longer work in your model, and it had to be updated to the theory of relativity. It didn't have As to be
4: updated. It. Mass accelerates towards
2: mass. Mass that no was longer was not overturned
4: mass- by Einsteinian physics at all. And it doesn't matter if it's electrostatic, it. right. okay. Okay. <laughs> mass, okay. it's electrostatic or not. Mass accelerates towards mass, whether it's electrostatic or not.
2: Okay, you have to understand. First of all, gravity is the effect of the bending and warping of space-time according to the view of relativity. That has superseded Newtonian physics. The reason the electrostacks it's is irrelevant important the is purposes because of the debate it, no, no, well, you know, you're <laughs> trying to prove something that doesn't even happen in to exist in your model anymore. So. <laughs> and if we're
4: going to discuss gravity,
2: it exists. We're gravity discuss
4: exists
1: in gravity Einsteinian means... physics. Stop lying. Not mass exactly mass. I want to be sure we hear mass from Kai. Just, yes. just to be sure we hear from Kai. It sounded like you had something to say, Kai.
3: Oh, thanks, James. All I was gonna say is it's absolutely applicable. If we're going to be discussing gravity, we need to understand the supposed cause. So
4: no, you only need to know its behavior.
3: The cause, the bending and warping of space-time.
4: Yeah. You only need to know its behavior.
3: So so here, let's let's ask this question. So you said that gravity has been proven over and over by scientists. Can you describe the difference between correlation and causation?
4: Mm-hmm. Causation is something that is caused by something else. Correlation is just appearing at the same time as something else in the data.
3: And how do you differentiate between the two in the academic world? You eliminate variables. You have an independent, dependent, and control variables. And the key part is to manipulate the independent variable and see if it, it affects the dependent. So when they were um, studying. Gravity. We're going to use Einsteinian gravity because that is the most current explanation. What was the independent variable and the dependent variable in that experiment? In Cavendish? No, when they actually proved uh Einsteinian gravity. I don't
4: know. I don't know that and warp-
3: That's the foundation of everything, according to you. That'd
2: so for a debate. No, Newtonian didn't work anymore. They had to update it to Einsteinian I'm, physics. Are you not, a, are you not, I'm a not aware? I'm not talking about Newtonian physics. Mass attracting mass is Newtonian physics. And actually, hilariously enough, Newton said, please do not attribute that to me because the idea that innate brute matter could attract innate brute matter and act on it through the vastness of a vacuum is to me so great an absurdity that no man with competent faculty of thinking and philosophical oh, matters good, could good ever Okay, so that's his
4: word. Why you interrupt so much, bro? Why do you interrupt so much? Why do you just waste time so much?
2: Mass attractors. Just mass. in
1: case Jen has anything to say, we haven't heard you you, can... from you in a while, Jen. In case you had anything.
2: Thank you. Maybe Jen, you're now. muted.
1: Wait, you're not muted. You're. It shows you as unmuted, but you're. Yeah. We're still not hearing you. Coming this is through. the best glove no.
2: argument I've heard all day,
0: James. All right. <laughs> no, That's coming through. Did I Look, accidentally you. mute? I'm so sorry. I got excited there. So perhaps my last few arguments were missed. Um, but thank you for calling attention to that. Um, I was interested about one of the arguments in your opener, which is just maybe taking a new direction about, uh, you mentioned that you can't see the stars. Now, just to clarify, is the claim there that you can only see stars within the earth's atmosphere. And once you're like too far, it, it's blackness or something. What could you refresh my, my memory as to what the claim actually is about the-, oh,
3: that, the That's a great question, Jen, because the claim is not consistent. So they, so um, we'll start with Neil Armstrong. At first they say that because of the glare of the sun, you cannot see stars um, because of that. Then he, pre, uh, in another interview, he says that the sky in space is a deep black from the view of the moon and also cislunar space, which is the space between earth and the moon. So, so that is the original claim. Now that has been updated with recent astronauts that have gone to the ISS. Some of them say, we can see stars. Whether we're on the sun side or not, not on the sun side, whether it's day or night, we can see stars all the time. It's the one astronaut said it was so bright because of the stars, it's almost light. But then other, other astronauts on the ISS say it's a deep black, that there's no stars. So it doesn't stay consistent. We don't actually know the real answer because these astronauts, but the astronauts that have been to the ISS, the same location, have different recollections of their eyewitness testimony which in a court would be very suspicious and should be treated the same
4: yeah so what's happening is they're just lying again because they know that they're taking these statements out of context you can look in a particular direction and you will be blinded by the sun you can look to the right and you will see the blackness of space and stars it's like looking into a flashlight you can't see the flashlight but if you turn to the side you can start seeing things again and you you guys know what you're doing
3: Don Pettit said, we're not, we're not lying. We actually just played listened. it for yeah, everyone it to you. listen
2: to it. Dude.
4: We
3: did more research than, than you did. We didn't have to read from a paper or anything. So. No, you clipped um, it out. So Don, Don Pettit to, said.
2: I'd like to respond. Okay. You call us a liar, but I mean,
4: we yeah.
3: played
2: it for the audience.
4: And,
3: and you need another yeah. w- word. If I, I wanted to take article.
4: a page out of your book, I'd take the next minute to uh, blow you about how only the stupidest, dumbest, most idiotic could ever believe something like that. It's true, but I won't waste time like that. Um,
2: That's what you said in your
4: argument. (laughs) No, I described what pseudoscience is. So, um, yeah, when you take clips of people saying, "We we can only see the blackness of space, and then you take a clip of someone saying, when you're looking at the sun, you can't see stars. You are taking your quote mining, you're taking out the context because there are certain directions you can see stars, certain directions you can't see stars.
2: We just we remove now that played. context. You I, I removed just removed the context. It. Correct. Just, I, no, wait, wait. We just played a video. And one of the astronauts says that during the light of the sun, you can see stars. And one says that you can't. So uh-huh. you're because,
4: wrong. No, because it depends on which direction. <laughs> no, you're even
3: during in. they said even during the day. They said right. even during the day. Right, right. right. Which you, is why no. you trim
4: the context because your it matters whether you're looking at the sun or not during the day.
3: But so if you're a- not
2: looking at the sun, you can always see stars in space. Uh, it depends. <laughs>
0: okay. Then
3: you would disagree. Depends on with a lot of different first, factors, which first, you there, there
0: out. may be two effects. Are, are you familiar with something called some, snow blindness? Or uh, it's, it's an effect when you go skiing. Like this, you, there's a reflection off the snow, and the sun just sort of blinds you. So anyway, there's all sorts of different effects that can happen with. Are I guess you're. <laughs> probably a bad we're example
2: up, we're just pointing out they have contradictory statements he's yes. trying to say that we're misrepresenting them we played it for them i it, encourage everyone to go look at it
0: it's possible when that, I, in the atmosphere there's more twinkling caused by the atmosphere itself it seems maybe that you're having trouble understanding how there can be an atmosphere did you give any thought no. to what i said last time about the moon being the thing that's holding the atmosphere in place that sounds
2: wild to me
0: but it's totally wild because we have to contend with what are apparently contradictory, but not contradictory boundary conditions or binding principles, which is the speed of light is three to three times E to the eight. So that's like three with eight zeros meters per second. And that's a very fast, very fast compared to the speeds that we're used to. It's a and global. Cons-
3: get some, sorry, go ahead.
4: Global conspiracy, but they can't get their story straight somehow. Stop our, self projecting yeah, our
3: story or the astronauts who literally say you cannot see stars. Okay. And these are just a few of, there's so many of these clips. They say you cannot see stars in space. It's called a
2: hostile witness, bro. But if you were if looking
3: you at our star, sun. cause it's so close. Our sun is so close. Okay. If you're looking towards our sun,
0: you're not going to see behind it because all, all the light from the sun is going to be glaring in your
3: face. Then Don Pettit literally said even when they're looking at the sun they still see stars. You can see all of them. That's what they're she saying. He said when it's, it's a day daytime.
2: Time. So <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 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 okay, whatever. I have to address something because my homie Bob, right? So you just now said that whenever they uh, he used a gyro and he found the degrees, he didn't want to accept it and he dismissed and all stuff. That's actually just patently false. So what happened was he actually ended up taking the gyro to different altitudes at the same latitude and got over a degree in variance. So would you agree that if you use a gyro to detect the axial rotation of the Earth at a certain latitude, but then you change altitude and then the degree changes, that refutes the idea that it's because of axial rotation?
4: No, because you're still measuring rotation
2: at the same latitude.
4: Since you clearly have never done any science of (laughs) at all, um, you've never had to calculate (laughs) your. uh, It's not. Um, You've never had to. You don't. You're clearly demonstrating you don't understand what a margin of error is. Um, No, can you answer the question? Measured. I did. I said no. If there's rotation measured, then rotation is measured.
2: Hey, but doesn't would it matter the if there's a margin change, of error. Would the rotation change if you keep the same latitude on the globe?
4: It could. Was he in a different location on the globe?
2: He was at the same latitude.
0: But I thought you had a bunch of quotes before saying all these physicists couldn't distinguish their measurements from a flat, stationary. Uh, surface and everything you can that's measure. true. But this that's
2: guy, this guy claims that the gyro proves the earth is spinning. So I'm gonna see if he even understands why. So on a globe, well, there's latitude you lines that? on a globe, on a globe, there are lines of latitude. And the earth spins at different rates based on the size of the sphere. So if you stay at the same latitude, then this axial rotation remains the same no matter where you are on that ball. If you're on the same latitude, isn't that right, Taylor? Nope.
4: And uh, Bob okay. <laughs> he thought it would. Yeah, you're just wrong. There's a okay. mar- thing called margin of error. Margin um, of error. You're um, vaguely. Ba- ab- I'm not done with my statement. So, um, <laughs> Bob, before he did the experiment, said that this machine will work. If it shows rotation, then that shows rotation. If it shows uh, degrees of rotation, then that shows the rotation of the Earth. Then he
2: changed his story.
4: He said, okay, well, it's, happens- the degrees of rotation changed. Therefore, the machine doesn't work anymore.
2: No, no, no. I actually know him. You're avoiding the question because it destroys you. So the margin of error the for a gyro, the margin of the, so margin of error can give you up to two degree variance, margin of error. Sure. Why does it always stay this? How come the margin of error always changes at a different altitude at the same latitude? Wouldn't the margin of error be consistent at all
0: altitudes? Not necessarily.
2: Okay, so appeal to what if gravity
0: changes with the how far you are from the center of the planet?
2: That doesn't change the speed, the rate
0: of the Earth spinning. Yes, it changes the speed of time, which I know the rate of time rather. But that's not what the 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 gyro relativity is
2: saying.
4: Altitude does change the diameter slightly, so
2: the gyro doesn't detect time. So try again. I said nothing about time. Okay, so so here's the deal, man. What you're saying that he's lying. The truth is that the uh, the gyro, right, a ring laser gyro. I didn't say he's he lying. This- It uses the Sagnac effect, okay? It was discovered by a dude named Sagnac. He says it's a vortexual movement in the ether. Now, he was not aware of that at the time. He said, this is interesting. We have 15 degrees. It doesn't look good right now. So then he kept looking into it. He decided to test it further. Actually, a professor told him an idea that you can test to see if it's the vortex of the ether moving or if it's the earth moving by keeping a certain latitude but changing altitude. When we did that, it changed over a degree based on the altitude. That debunks that it's because of axial rotation
4: so you make up the ether even though that was disproved
2: um okay you can't respond to my point man so uh, we can move on you're, you're I would, invoking I out a five. magical
4: field to describe how your experiment failed
2: you no no i'm not no i'm not invoking a magic ether field. is possible. a magical field Falsification is independent of replacement. What I'm saying is you're claiming that it's because of axial rotation. But if you maintain latitude and change altitude, it changes debunking your claim. I can offer a replacement. I don't have to, but I will go back to the very person that discovered the effect the ring laser gyros built using, which is called the Sagnac effect. What he said was it was the vortexual movement in the ether. That's all I said. I don't have to replace it. Your claim is wrong. It doesn't prove the earth is spinning because it changes at different altitudes.
4: How come he thought it would prove the Earth is spinning before the experiment ran, and he only changed his mind after he failed?
2: He it's, had to further research it. That's called actual intellectual. He had to honesty. accommodate his. Can failure. I just
0: ask, like, did Sagnac conclude me, that the Earth was flat from his in- inquiry? Because ether model doesn't mean flat Earth. That's two different. That's two no, different no. classes of models.
2: That's right. But in his opener, he tried to call out Bob and slander him. So I exposed him for not knowing what he was talking about. And I told the true story because I know him personally. And the truth is he went to different altitudes and it debunks the claim of axial rotation. So we can move on now. I just wanted to call out his slander in his opener. So it has nothing to do with if the earth is flat or not. That's true.
4: Even though it measured axial rotation both times. Interesting.
2: It literally didn't though, because it changed. So you
4: you can't actually replace the model. Um, one reason is <laughs> what I already mentioned: is stars. I'm just responding to what you said. You claimed you can replace the model, but that's the reason you won't make a map
2: because you can't. I
4: I did not Explain, claim I can re- You did. You did. You said I could replace it. I'm not going to
2: because you, so you. I can replace I the to. explanation of a gyro.
4: Okay. Well, my next point is going to be the same. The stars spin in different directions depending on hemisphere, and they just go in a straight
2: line on the equator. So explain that on a flat plane. Okay, well, uh, first of all, they all go in the same direction. So when you say that they spin in different directions, you're just patently wrong. All stars go east to west. They don't go in a different direction. They all go the same direction. Whenever you look south, you're looking in a different direction. So then you have clockwise and counterclockwise relative to perception, correct?
4: Yeah, but that can't change no matter how many times you spin around.
2: No, it changes based on what direction you're viewing it. No, it doesn't. It changes on which
4: hemisphere you're on. You can look in any direction on the northern hemisphere, and it will spin, I think, clockwise. No, counterclockwise. And if you look in any direction on the southern hemisphere, it'll spin counterclockwise.
2: Because it's clockwise and counterclockwise are relative to perception. They all move east to west, though. How is this?
4: Can't you can't get that spinning effect on a flat Earth?
2: Well, the sky is spinning, my man, so I, I guess you need to catch up. But we showed you spinning. mainstream physicists telling you that there's no terrestrial observation that proves that the Earth is moving. We, we, we even quoted Einstein saying that.
0: Yeah. So Do you think that means that the Earth is not moving just because I we can't measure that-
2: it? Well, no, I think it's the default position because to do anything in the real world, whether it be fly planes or helicopters or shoot interballistic missiles or use rail guns or anything the military does or electromagnetic propagation of weapon systems, we have to assume that the Earth is flat, dielectric plane, and that it doesn't move. That's the default position with all practical evidence. You're claiming something antithetical Well, that's because
0: that- the technology is being deployed at close range to the surface. Okay?
2: 100 so it's mile, a a hundred miles? It's a hundred miles?
0: scales thing. Mm-hmm. Well, what's, miles? The, what's the alleged radius of the planet?
2: 3,959 miles, miles which would be 6,666 feet at 100 miles that's a big difference you've missed your target by over
0: 6,000 feet yes so okay so I, I, I've same told way. myself a long time ago I wasn't going to try to do math on shows but I appreciate the uh, pushback and
2: <laughs> yeah it's all good I mean but this is the point the overall arcing point right and I don't like high on because I don't want to just be like
0: mansplaining
2: but uh <laughs> Here's here's what I'm saying, right? So we had the default position with all evidence. You're making a claim antithetical to that. Now there's a misnomer where in the world, everyone thinks flat earthers are so dumb. Oh, you think the earth is stationary? You're crazy. But the truth, we've proven that the earth is spinning. But the truth is even Einstein himself will tell you that you cannot prove the earth is spinning from the earth. And that all these physicists will tell you that. But then we have no-name people that appeal to authority, those very authorities saying that it's been proven from the earth, which just shows ignorance of the subject. All we're pointing out is that we have the default position and you have the burden of proof if you're claiming something antithetical to that
0: well we have models that make predictions that we can then verify so but the but
4: the sorry. live satellite feed from space shows live weather conditions you can go debunk that anytime if you find any errors in the weather
2: you so think it's like live 24 7 is that what you think yeah no, it's literally not. It has like ten to fifteen minutes in between each shot. You didn't know that it's live.
4: You can't Photoshop. I can't even Photoshop a thumbnail in ten minutes.
2: So oh, you don't think you're a supposed to photo-
4: So you're supposed to Photoshop every piece of weather data from an entire half of the globe every ten minutes. The clouds don't even match me.
2: half the time. You're just making stuff up.
4: Then okay, then go show me.
2: Where- we have go check out Globusters. <laughs> <laughs>
3: No. Sunday.
2: Well, Actually, can, be, uh, the, can i just most. ask
0: like in your model if the earth is stationary what's moving
2: the sky the, the sky. stuff in the sky so there, there's a vortexual movement in the sky and that's where everything moves that's why polaris has stayed the same place forever
0: yeah and they if reset everything, everything in, moves so that don't you think that would take a lot of energy
2: yes it everything? would it would that's why the reason
0: why we stay. can't tell that we aren't at rest is because the universe abides by minimum energy not because we're not at rest we're or, <laughs> not because we literally are at rest We can easily falsify the notion We're actually literally at rest by, the, by virtue of the fact that the sun rises and sets It's just a question no of more. how do we account For the fact that there's so much stability But also so much motion And that explained- is by the yeah. same Principle that gives us our Sensory perception that we can Reliably say why is it always Feel like no matter where I am I'm at the center of the universe And the planet feels the same way and everything else That's the least action principle And we can use that to build up things like, go ahead.
3: So what I was going to say is, I believe one of the quotes, I don't know if we included this, but there's no celestial observation that can be done to differentiate whether the earth is moving or the heavens above are, are rotating. So I want to know when the academic community established and how they established that the earth itself is rotating and not the celestial objects in the sky.
0: Yeah, that's an equivalence principle. So when you want to point to that, you know, there's this indistinguishability of perspectives. We need to use a, an operating principle that has been meta-analytically established to, to be the case in many other things, which is the least action principle. So you take your two possibilities and you establish which one would take less energy to get going. But it, what does it mean to get the system going what does it mean to energize a system? Where does so, so our planet it philo- get its energy from? Of motion, that's a very hard thing to think about. But go ahead, please.
3: So did no. So so you're just talking about a philosophical argument. I'm actually wondering when they how did they, how did they actually prove it? How did they? They actually didn't. They
0: assumed uh, they assumed globe uh, spheres, and then they model gravity as an attractive force in that, and it's I guess close enough. Thank you, Jen. The the, the three-body problem doesn't have a solution. That is an issue.
3: This is why Jen is an MVP is because she's intellectually honest. As she said, they assumed globe. But we want to make sure how do we know the assumption is correct? How do we know that the Earth is actually rotating? And they gave us a speed, too, 1,000 miles per hour. So how did they get that that amount, that measurement?
2: Well, she answered it, right? And so, like, I, I applaud you for that. I applaud you for being honest and to be fair to help you out, it doesn't prove one way or the other, right? Like the fact that it was an assumption and that you can model it Mm -hmm. out that doesn't prove or disprove it right? But the point is that it's just an assumption. And you're right that for the Earth to be stationary and everything in the sky move, there would require a field of energy that is immense. But who's to say that's not the case? And Nikola Tesla would say that any attempt to explain the movement of celestial objects without a field of energy is a futile pursuit destined to oblivion. He was just a literal genius. So yeah, there's a field of energy, the sky moves, Polaris doesn't move to claim otherwise. And you say it's just the least action. It's at rest. We're spinning, revolving around the sun. It feels like we're at
0: rest. I'm not even at a point of saying what's actually happening, we have to start with what it feels like because we're building these principles up intuitively and perceptively. So we can all agree that it feels like there's a center to what we're experiencing. It feels like we're in the center of the universe. That's kind of nice. But anyway, that doesn't make it real is my point. What could it be real? We can account for that by saying, well, there's this tendency for the universe to just be like ultra lazy. So even though it has intrinsic motion, it's also ultra lazy with how it uh, dispenses that motion. So you're navigating between two boundary conditions. So what we've done now is look at the evidence. And now we want to say, okay, well, what actually explains this? And it may be a question of, well, what is the most reasonable shape to assume that the planet is? And then we can build a model from that rather than looking at data to then try to infer what the shape of the planet must be based on data. Because any interpretation of data requires what amount to assumptions. So the question is, what's the most reasonable assumption uh, on the get-go to actually build the entire model from?
2: The only assumptions are always the globe. It's like when we fly a plane, we have to assume the Earth is flat and stationary, but we can assume it's actually curving and spinning and gravity keeps it perfectly to where it just presents itself flat and stationary. When we shoot a laser and it goes and hits the other target and it's not blocked by over 400 feet, that should block it. We can see that clearly the laser hit it, or we can assume that light must have had to have bent right over it and we just can't tell. See, there's only one side that consistently makes reification fallacies and assumptions. And that's kind of our point. We need to substantial proof, right? And, we, and there, it doesn't exist. And Philosophy is not going to cut it. And that's what the truth is. And you've nailed it on the head. Those will tell you that it's a philosophical discussion and Mm -hmm. that the geocentric earth can never be disproven. But we avoid it at all costs because of the horror of a unique position. That is a philosophical bias. That is not science. And if we can at least have that honest distinction made, then we'd be happy to let the chips fall where they may, make your own decision. But it's not modern times. We're painted as crazy people denying science. No, we're denying philosophy and religion. That's what we're denying. Mm -hmm.
4: So Did you want to jump in here, Taylor? Yeah, I want to address the fact that we uh, do shoot lasers to prove that uh, the moon is not in the local atmosphere, at least. There is a re- laser reflector on the moon. takes longer than it would if it was in the local atmosphere. But the main point um, was we do not use a flat Earth to calculate flights. Um, they use a globe Earth that if on a flat Earth... All the flight paths are curved right. instead of straight. Yeah. But on a globe Earth, they're straight. So what's up okay. with that? Also, James, if if I could share my screen real quick.
3: So you are... Oh, oh, sorry. I just wanted to make Taylor aware that you know the mainstream says that the moon is in the Earth's atmosphere. Are you aware a of that? very... <laughs> not how they say that say. They, they recently discovered that
4: not and as close to- as you say it's only technically the thinnest possible atmosphere but it is uh you could fit all the planets in the solar system in between the earth and the moon it's just how big the atmosphere technically is so you are again taking things out of context
3: no you just said thin- it wasn't- what is that what's so that I supposed just- to establish
0: sorry what does that fact establish? What I said yeah it's just unclear what the what's oh, the point because of what he you just said, said
3: because he said something about the moon is not in the atmosphere and I just wanted him to know that the mainstream says that the moon is in Earth's atmosphere
4: yeah, you're playing with semantics so it's <laughs> much farther than you guys claim by leaks leaps and bounds but what I'm saying how far
3: is the, how far is the moon?
4: I'm not sure the exact number, but you can fit all of the planets in the solar oh, system the between them.
2: 238,000 miles. <laughs> okay. Do you well, guys
4: that's
3: what that? NASA
4: says. Yeah.
2: No, I don't believe it's science, man.
4: Yeah, you guys think it's much closer,
2: but we I can don't make reflect the laser off of it. So, well, this is the problem, though. If you don't know the medium, then you don't understand what you're perceiving. So it can perceive to be be perceived to be many things based on the medium. And I just I don't buy stories oh. of vacuum. That's well, we do know
4: the medium because we went there and put a reflector on the moon. You
2: didn't go um, anywhere, bro.
4: I'm talking about humans.
2: No, so you mean, you're talking so about NASA. what I'm
4: putting on the screen is showing the rotation of the stars, the apparent rotation of the stars. It's actually the rotation of the planet, but you know what I mean. I didn't. See you. That it doesn't matter which direction you face they're going to be spinning the same uh clockwise or anti-clockwise fashion so that's all i wanted to share i'm sorry if i took up too much screen sharing but
3: just recapped what we already discussed. hey i got a question you 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 didn't never
4: address the fact that it doesn't matter which direction you face it matters which part of the globe you're on which direction they go and that's That's a problem for the flat earth because then the distance between stars is getting shorter and larger and if we're on a flat earth, but it's not a problem on a globe earth.
3: I just wanted to address something that you brought up before about when you're flying a plane, yeah. you don't assume a flat earth. So uh, what's it? it's going to pull up a conversation we just had with pilots uh, like a month ago. Um So also I just wanted to pull up a few um, things here. So this is www.aerospace or sorry uh, aerostudents.com/slash/course/slash/flight dynamics. Okay, so any introductory pilot is going to learn about assumptions that are assumed when they're flying the planes. They're flying. The first one is that the plane is assuming there is a flat Earth. The Earth's curve zero. Second is there is a non-rotating Earth no coriolis accelerations and such are present so what i can about, pull up another um well how come you uh, forgot
4: the assumption that the plane is a rigid body even though we know that the plane is not a rigid body
2: you think that's analogous to uh not accounting for earth curvature because it's negligible because yeah and to just because
4: just,
3: it's
2: simpler math just,
3: so just so so it's so
2: negligible Just Mm -hmm. to
3: make Taylor aware, because he's probably not aware, so they tell us the radius of the Earth is 3,959 miles, which means there should be an 8-inch drop per mile squared. That number is exponential. So just an idea, so you get some numbers, over 100 miles across the Earth, there should be a six thousand six hundred sixty foot drop okay that's immense that would absolutely need to be taken into account if you're flying a plane so i don't fact- actually think it would because i just real quick looked it up it says
0: 7.2 miles is commercial aircraft uh, relative to 3963 radius of earth 0.01 difference you'd mm-hmm. be so close to the surface that it would make total sense to approximate it obviously not totally but close to what would appear to be a plane
2: Oh, We're going to play the, the pilots. Is it cool if we just play the pilots real fast? Because so, well, uh, someone says, no flat earthers ever fly a plane. I know over 10 of them. But here, let's just uh, let's play it real fast. It's just 13 seconds. And so we'll see what the pilots say, if that's cool with you, James. Ready. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So basically, it's like the Earth spins and curves, but you fly the plane like it's flat and stationary. Yeah. yeah, so it could be flat and stationary.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they weren't ready for that red pill at their lunch break, obviously, but there you have it. They Did you fly- see that guy's face?
0: He looked like he was like falling in love with that idea. He was like
3: there's so many. Mm-hmm. You, there's tons of videos. They so, obviously get shadow banned on YouTube, but there's tons of videos where people just ask the pilots, "Hey, do you account for curvature or rotation when you're flying the plane?" No, man, we fly it. If as you're if it flying fly-
0: at 0.1 percent of the size of the planet, you wouldn't expect to account for curvature. Can you accept that? It's a very. What small do you saying? Pr- gravity's gravity's you?
2: dip. So gravity's dipping you down.
0: No the idea is that on you have a really b- imagine a sphere that just is super big okay and you're an ant on that sphere you're a teeny tiny little nothing it's a pro- it's approximately flat when you're on a very small area of it
2: Okay, but so, if I fly 5,000 miles and I keep just going straight, the Earth's going to be going down beneath me, right? So No, I'm you're gonna always going to be go, at
0: the same approximate right. distance because you wanna, gonna, you're not going to want to deviate in terms of where you are in gravity because it takes so much energy to overcome gravity. You only want to go as high as you absolutely need to. Okay, so I just looked it up real quick. It says 5.9 to 7.2 miles. Even in a high estimate, that's 0.1% of the radius of the planet.
2: You want me to tell you what the actual pilots say? You want me to tell you what they actually say? So they say they maintain altimeter pressure zones. They use altimeter to maintain pressure zones, and they go up and down. And that's what they're they're fluctuating. And he says gravity is actually going to take you around the curve without you noticing it. That's the official explanation.
0: That's, again, that's the least action principle, that all the – Everything is saving energy to the most, to the greatest extent, meaning that geodesics happen spontaneously. And a geodesic in flat space is a line, a straight line. But a geodesic on a sphere, the shortest distance between two points, that's something called a great circle. So there is some curvature that happens, which can be followed. this circles is extremely on, hard
4: to, to visualize. This.
0: I wouldn't start there if I was trying to actually understand what's going on here, because you got to really put yourself in the position, like you're an ant on an anthill trying to figure out something that is inconceivably larger than you. So it makes a lot of sense to acknowledge what seems attractive to believe, but also to realize that we weren't built to conceive these things. Doesn't mean we can't eventually get to the right answer, but we should be very cautious and skeptical. And, that, that and is, so if you start
2: work, though, because the radius is a certain size, if I'm one foot off the Earth, I would see the curve of the Earth just one mile away. So it's not just too big to see, I would see it one mile away. Yeah. If you start flying
4: off of the Earth in a straight line, eventually you're going to be going basically straight upward. So you're going to have respect. to actually be adjusting to be go- to maintain a straight upward position if you don't need to adjust you mean it has if, to
3: conform with the ball. It wouldn't be going up. you would have to actually be dipping no, you, the don't nose ha- down to you would have to the, curve of the earth
4: you would have to adjust and try to go straight up if you were flying off of the curve of the earth. You don't have to make any adjustments to maintain a level position because the forces automatically align like uh, drag and just the aerodynamics of the plane will always put it level, you would have to increase the engines in order to keep going at a steeper and steeper angle.
2: Okay, your answer is gravity pulls the plane around the ball. If you don't want to absorb it, I don't care. That's objectively what it is. But here's my I question. I actually said aerodynamics. We fly the plane like the Earth is flat and stationary. So could it be flat and stationary? No. No. So it would be different we'd have to fly planes different on a flat and stationary earth.
0: It well, would be impossible true. based on what physics we observe for the for it to be flat and stationary it would violate gravity which is something we can Gravity use, was yeah, made verify. to
2: explain Gravity was made to explain the Earth being a ball, though. So that's that's so backwards. We came up with gravity to explain omnidirectionality on a ball. That That's why we proposed gravity. Then we're still trying to figure it out. We've never discovered the graviton. The theory of relativity doesn't work when we apply it to the universe. It's off by 95% with dark matter and dark energy. We have numerous problems. Quantum mechanics has completely dismantled relativistic applications. Newtonian physics had to be thrown away 100 years ago. We keep gravity because it has to exist for the Earth to be a ball. No, no, no. We don't know the Earth's a ball because of gravity. We no gravity exists because of the earth's a ball that's called a begging the question files
3: i have some more documents so i'd thing- like to read I just have some more documents i'd like to read that again mm-hmm. reiterate the same thing this one is from www.faa.gov um the engineering analysis and design of the aircraft dynamics model for the faa okay um it says on page 32 Two, the observant reader will notice that the aircraft equations of motion were calculated assuming a flat Earth. I have another article here. This is from NASA.gov/API/ citations, a mathematical model for the CH-53 helicopter, the helicopter equations of motion are given in a body axis with respect to a flat non-rotating earth. I have so many of these documents, by the way, this goes on, there's like over a hundred. So for you to say that they are assuming, and we have the video of the pilots, they absolutely do not account for a, a globe or a moving surface. They're flying over a flat and stationary plane. It's not even no. able to be argued at this point. The you can say no, calculated. but you have not
4: provided. The math is calculated as flat because it's easier, because it's negligible, because it that the up and down direction, what is that, pitch and yaw or something, is correct itself. You don't have to pilot the plane to okay. dip down. Okay. okay.
3: The okay thing, we're but move the on. thing
4: you're, yeah, let's move on to the thing you ignored, which is the flight paths, which are mapped on a globe.
2: There are numerous flight paths that debunk the globe, though. So that's a no, very bad right. argument.
3: Emergency flight landings where yeah. people were dying or giving birth. They had to land, and they landed in a place that would not fit on a globe. Also,
2: we would take tons of paths wouldn't that fit we on don't a globe. take. We would take tons of paths that we don't take on a globe. There's direct shots across a globe that we never take. But yes. When we look at the flat Earth map, it makes perfect sense. And we are not claiming the flat Earth map is perfect because we don't listen carefully because you love to bring up how we don't have a map, and somehow that makes the Earth a ball right? This is why I tell you falsification is independent of replacement. The reason we can't make a map is because we don't have an accurate central point to start the Cartesian coordinate system. So it's impossible without an accurate central point. It's illegal to go within 500 miles of each direction of the North Pole. So that's the problem. So for all the Globers out there that love to talk about the map over and over, it's an impossible task because we don't have access to the central point to map it out.
4: No, it's not. You might have to file some paperwork, but it's not illegal. So as yeah,
2: yeah, we he, approved he claims say, that
4: there were locations on the earth that don't exist on a globe. What?
3: No, I said that, that the emergency, emergency, flights. The, the so emergency, emergency flight so the plane turned. Landed. No, they landed and I believe I can't remember specifically one of them had to do with Alaska, but where they landed did not make any sense on a globe. It would have been far out of the way. Okay, another flight that people observe that's very suspicious is there should be a direct flight one from, for example, Buenos Aires, Argentina to Johannesburg, South Africa. Okay, that would just be the tip of South America to the tip of Africa. In order to get a flight, the, the best flight that you can get, the fastest one, you have to stop all the way in the Netherlands. Okay, it's not a direct one. That would be a great example of the globe. But on a flat map, that works perfectly.
2: Do you want us to share the screen and show you that flight path? or? Uh,
4: sure, because I got a flight path to share with you as well.
2: Cool. We have all kinds There's of them. There's a better. flight
4: path that goes right past that.
2: Uh, we're about to show you the actual flight path, my man. And, and so I don't understand why Globers bring this up. It's really weird. It's Doesn't really because weird. Because it debunks the flat Earth it doesn't though it doesn't that's what i'm trying to explain to you my man flight paths don't help you i promise
0: well, i don't like... think we ever got oh i can't hear you
1: uh, jen we lost muted. you if you can hear me
0: you're muted jen.
4: <laughs> can sorry. you hear us
0: it happened again okay no worries i'm so sorry about that <laughs> i agreed with you that it ought to look flat uh if you're sufficiently close to the surface so did Did that point get made? Did did you understand that? It makes Uh, sense to model it as flat, even if it's a sphere?
2: Yeah, it just happens to work out perfectly. That's the answer. Gravity makes it work out perfectly. Gravity accounts for the curvature that you would have to account for. That's the actual answer. We know the answer. You're
0: basically staying at the same level of the gravity field because that's the minimum energy solution is to deviate minimally from a stable gravity field. So if you can get into a point where you're between two pressure gradients and you're sort of sandwiched between them you just ride that and it remains stable approximately if you're at the same distance from a globe
2: well you have to go up and down actually so actually you don't just maintain the same you have to go up and down we just we have a 13-minute conversation with pilots explaining it in depth. And, my, my, and our point is it's just to address the misnomers it's like they say you can if you google it you can see the curve of the earth from a plane no you can't I just now asked two pilots right after my our plane landed is it do you see curvature up there no of course not so it's flat up there yeah of course. They don't even hesitate. Anyone that's actually flown a plane. I used to work at an airport. I know many of them. Everyone knows that the Earth looks flat in a plane. Everyone knows you fly the plane like it is flat. And everyone knows you fly the plane like the Earth isn't moving. You can say, well, yeah, it just appears that way. The equivalence principle, relativity. Oh, it makes it look that way. Gravity makes
0: it. It makes, proper, it, makes make it look it that different. way because of the relative size. OK, you are point 0.1 percent of the size of the total planet off the surface. So the amount of area that you're capable of seeing relative to the total surface is quite small.
2: Okay, so Uh, Google's definitely wrong when when it says you can see the curve of the Earth from a plane then, right?
0: Well, that's unclear exactly what that means, so let's just put that to the side. But I'll grant you that it's... When you're in a plane, it can definitely look like what you're looking down at is flat. However, if I was going to... Agree with you and say, yeah, the Earth is flat. What I would expect to see under that model is I could look out and see all the way to the other end of the Earth. And so it's a question of, well, why don't, why can't I see that? Why does it disappear so predictably at that same point? You know, give or take atmospheric fluctuation.
2: Yeah, well, the the horizon always moves because it's not physical. And in, in your model, it is physical. But uh, here's a flight path right here from Santiago you? to Johannesburg. I'm uh, share the screen. Um, So right here you see on a flat Earth, it's a straight direct path. On the globe Earth, you, you go up out of your way and then come back down. You could fly straight across the South Atlantic Ocean. But no, you go hundreds of miles out of your way and come back down. There are probably 30 of these flights, though. Which is why I don't understand why globers bring it up. So, is there a rebuttal? Why does the why does it work perfect on the flat Earth, but at the Earth's a globe? So we added hundreds of unnecessary miles to go out of our way. Is there a rebuttal?
4: Yeah. So I have my own flight path to share. So um, no rebuttal to address to address this one. Uh, they might just not uh, book flights there. So you have all these private companies that some that know that the Earth is flat. You have thousands of employees that are plotting these flight pl- paths and they know the earth is flat globally, every single company without fail. And they all say the earth is flat or the earth is a globe.
2: So you're not rebutting the actual, the actual. It's, that's option.
4: just interesting. Um, so you don't and know. No, so they might the not just go to Johannesburg because of, again, these are private companies. They want to make a profit. So maybe there are more flights to, the north of Africa than the south of Africa.
2: So it there, never. There, there are plenty ever. of explanations. Gotcha. So we can just make up stuff. Gotcha. Uh, it's, it's hard, hard to know ahead. what this
0: evidence is actually saying.
2: Yeah, they I would have to fly that
0: You have to fly them. Why
2: That's the most direct path on a flat Earth. They have to fly that way. Mm-hmm. That's why they do it. It's not because oh, there's probably a reason. No, the reason is that's the only way you can go there. That's the reason. That's why there's not one flight that exists that goes from Santiago to Johannesburg over the South Atlantic Ocean. It goes up and comes down because on a flat Earth, that's the direct path. That's why they do that.
3: You think economic. that private
2: companies that that spend money on fuel, their entire business plan is fuel cost-effective? Yeah, effect, they have, they cost that's actually why them. they
0: shut down the trans-southern uh, uh, South Pole flights. is because they weren't cost-effective. They used to fly them, and they don't anymore. And this just appears Thank to you. be uh, – An economically viable route, because there would be presumably people that wanted to go from Dakar to Johannesburg. So this is very compelling. Mm -hmm. Okay, well there there is. It's just not economically viable. I mean, it's not even clear what a direct path means, right? So you got to be really clear as to what, because we're not even agreeing as to like what if if we don't agree on the shape of the direct path, we're not talking about the same thing.
4: And all of the continents there are completely distorted. You couldn't, (laughs) you know, that the shorelines are not like that which is why no flat
0: earth map ever makes sense. On the
3: mainstream Mercator map, so, it's completely off. They they show that Alaska is so tiny and it's like huge. This so happens all are, the
0: time.
4: These are direct flight paths. So no stopovers, no, the, the variable of economic, um, whatever gains that you would get from going to one particular location over another is eliminated. So we have a flight path from, Sydney to Santiago, Chile, and New York to London, um, five times the distance in less than twice the time. So why would companies do that? Why would they waste? Yeah,
2: so, so the fastest air. And that's, is a, that's
4: also impossible. So that's the fastest, another way. Fastest
2: error. The fastest air currents are literally right there where you drew your little dotted line. You would catch an air current over the Earth. Secondly, you actually have to apply a scale to the southern portion of the map. Did you know that? So that's not, you don't just look at it and say, I think that looks too far. You, you realize that you actually have to properly apply the scale. So credit to Professor Dave to not know how to use scales. So that's okay. what
4: happens if you flatten the Earth. The scale get, is off. The southern hemisphere no, no. is distorted. That's why a flight that takes 12 and a half hours is five times longer than a flight that takes eight hours. And if wind is a factor here, it would have to be record breaking hurricanes, 250 miles per hour.
2: Well, then why does the plane take so much longer when it goes back the other direction against the current it's if it has nothing not, to do with it's it? It's
4: not much longer.
2: It is actually sometimes no, up to two and, and three it's not hours. as long as you. Two to three to hours two to three hours
4: yeah so that's not going to speed up five times
2: but five times we don't need five times. distances
4: over five times as long
2: no that's
4: what i'm trying to say for the trade
0: winds is actually what you'd expect on a globe though i'm trying -hmm. to to explain globe is constantly getting a different edge of the sun and so there's uh preferred direction uh, guys, for the trade winds to you guys blow didn't
2: watch mm-hmm. You guys didn't watch the uh, intro where I explained that actually all the currents work better on the flat Earth and showed you how you can actually map them out, but here's the point here. So, you're lying and saying it's a certain distance because you're listening to the goofball Professor Dave, and a lot of globe earthers do this, but you have to understand you have to apply a scale to the southern hemisphere. Well, exp- explain the how the map you, works.
4: How would you... Fix the scale of the Southern Hemisphere, distort Africa immensely so that Australia and South America are closer.
2: So, are you saying you don't know how to read read as a methyl maps? Is that what you're telling us? Because that's I, you that's don't how know how to read them. Yeah, you have to apply a scale past the equator. <laughs> it's it's just like duh. Like you you guys <laughs> use memes. You guys you, use memes on a globe. You don't you use did. scale. Not if you if guys it's actually it. flat then that's going to be the distance.
4: Otherwise, you're going to have weird spatial distortions, which again, I guess you'd have to invoke some kind of magic field where there's spatial compression where you can travel further in less time.
2: This is what you still don't understand. So your mo- your meme is a straw man because you didn't apply the scale. Now that does not mean that's what the earth has to look like because the Southern Ocean is basically unexplored and we don't actually know what's there. I don't know if you're aware of that, but basically no one goes in the Southern Ocean and we don't know the central point to map out the proportionate layout of the land. You have straw man, even the map, you've shown a basic misunderstanding az- of how to use maps.
4: The azimuthal projection fits on a globe because if, okay, so if you apply the scale between uh, Santiago and Sydney, then you, you can do that. But then there's going to be gaps somewhere between
2: the edge of the globe, of the projection of the globe. There are going to there, there be gaps, yeah. There are going to be areas that aren't mapped out. Accurately, which is convenient because no one goes to the Southern Ocean. And I also explained to you, you just so you're, drew a path. Okay. I've, I've objectively debunked you three different ways. I'm not going to talk about it for like an hour. Listen, you're carefully. now trying to debunk
4: me with a continent you're claiming there, that you haven't discovered yet.
2: You go on that little dotted line of yours, and that's going with the currents. When you go the other way, the flight takes at least three hours longer. And then to tag on to that, this flight basically never happens. We actually wanted to go try to do it, and you can't find a one way. You guys just like to draw lines on maps and make up stories. This is a very rare flight if it ever happens, and it's much slower the other way, proving that the reason that the plane goes faster is it rides the air current. It's just objective. So we can move on. How does that prove? How does that
0: establish a flat Earth?
2: it does he's saying it debunks the flat earth i just now refuted his claim i didn't make any claim about it proving a flat earth i'm making a point that it doesn't prove a globe earth right so we can move on now because we refuted that claim yeah go ahead she's got another point oh
3: i just thought we talk about entropy maybe since we have the church of entropy here yeah well entropy is basically just another way of saying the least
0: action principle so entropy is saying that order is constantly energy is constantly diffused that's what uh, that's what entropy says so there's two ends of it okay one end is we observe a tremendous amount of motion and the other end is it appears that for a lot of our perceptions and observations, things are at rest. So we have to go in between those two boundary conditions and determine what assumptions we need to make to construct a model, how many assumptions we actually need, and in what order we ought to express the assumptions geometrically or algebraically in order to generate reasonable predictions that we can g- then look up in the sky and say oh our model it's lining up in the sense that it's telling us maybe something like a future eclipse entropy so, doesn't apply per se to cosmology entropy is more about life because there's it's more about thermodynamics Whereas in cosmology, it's more about a, what you might call a stasis field. So, something that's moving, we can establish that there's movement going on. You can look at the time lapse going across the sky and establish that there's some type of movement, but there's also a perceptual, perceptually, a tremendous amount of stillness. And we have to account simultaneously for both of those effects if we're going to have a satisfactory model, because clearly these other models aren't quite convincing enough in the sense that this debate is still happening. So I do appreciate uh, having a chance to go through these arguments. I'm ready to go to the questions. I don't know how everyone else is feeling, but uh, I hope we've got a lot of the arguments out.
2: Okay, okay. Well, she, what she's trying to say is entropy will always increase, and, and your name is convenient because the second law would refute your claim that there's a pressurized system adjacent to a near-perfect vacuum of 10 to the negative 17 torr, because the pressure would obviously seek its equilibrium due to the second law. And natural laws apply to your cosmological claims as well because they make claims about the natural world.
3: Yeah, I was just going to cover within that movement, would you agree that high pressure goes to low pressure? Um, Not necessarily, because...
0: Pressure is defined relative to a container and you're not always dealing with a a clearly outlined container. And that's where mechanics is really complicated is when you can't actually conclusively say where it makes sense to claim that there's a boundary because there is no actual boundary, but there are pseudo boundaries and a conservation in some sense of pseudo boundaries that you can use as a modeling template. But again, this is sort of beyond the scope of what we want to talk about here right now. This is is why I
4: wanted to talk about gravity is because gravity can act as a container for air. And it doesn't matter if it's electromagnetic or not. All it matters is if air particles are pulled toward other masses
2: Gravity has a singular vector of down relative to the center of mass, and gas to surface is surfaces and omnidirectional infinite vector. So, a singular vector down to the relative center of mass would never in any way contain it. That's why it doesn't contain it at the surface where gravity is the strongest.
4: I know your word salad is uh, a lot, but word salad uh, means
2: things don't make sense, but that made it sense. It doesn't so make
4: any sense. Air so doesn't just a- move omnidirectionally just because. Air pushes against, what was that? Two minute warning. We're going to go into QA in two minutes. Okay. Air doesn't just press, uh, just go in different directions air will press against other air so it can move in an upward direction but gravity will pull that air back down and it will push against other air until it balances the force of gravity
3: you have a vacuum chamber and you open up the vacuum chamber what happens to the air surrounding the vacuum chamber
4: surrounding the vacuum chamber
3: you have a vacuum chamber and you open the little latch yeah okay
4: it goes what happens to the
3: air outside the vacuum chamber what will happen
4: it pushes into the vacuum
3: it rushes into the vacuum because entropy because of air pressure. pressure high high pressure goes to low pressure
2: why? So if you have this vacuum up in the room, and then there's gas below it, and then you opened up the vacuum, would the gas pressure still go up into the vacuum despite gravity being there?
4: Yes, because it's being pushed by the other air molecules.
2: Okay, thanks for playing. Yeah,
4: well, we, can, we, know we can't extrapolate this changes. metaphor
0: to the scale of the planet because what you're talking about is a clear boundary. It's a, something that was vacuum sealed. And you opened it and pressure you calibrated, you can't then analogize that to the cosmos because there's no clear boundary. And I'll when, go ahead when you, you look would at have the to scale show the, the in the
3: academic world that you could have gas pressure without containment, and they cannot can. show this it's in can. the definition you of proof
2: gravity, also. It's
3: in it's in the definition. Yep. Chemistry.elmhurst.edu. Gas there pressure is. is the collision of gas molecules against the container.
4: No, the physical container. It's also pressure uh, no. against other air molecules. So, the yeah, reason exactly. air pushes into a vacuum is because the air molecules are hitting each other, pushing them in, and there's no air in the vacuum to stop them from getting pushed. So pushing them to what? Without, the without fact using me- the. There is pressure differentials. If you're talking about the scale of the Earth, if you're talking about the scale of a propane tank, that's not the scale of the Earth. There is pressure differentials when you go up a mountain. So the further up you go, there's not air pressing down on the air at the top of a mountain, not not as much relatively at the bottom, because it's Gotta lower go. pressure. The thing that's keeping the thing that's Into. pushing the air down is gravity. Q at the top a. of the mountain. Stupid
1: what we have and to do is go cool. into q a want to remind you if you want to hear more from either side folks you can click on the links below you can hear more about the views from either side as you really do appreciate our guests and we have to say my dear friends if you haven't yet hit share <laughs> as that really does help us get the word out if you think that you have a friend who you're like oh they'd enjoy this debate. Now's is a great opportunity to hit that share button below, and you can share it with them, enjoy it together. And like I said, it helps modern-day debate have a positive influence as we strive to be a neutral and fair platform for everybody. So with that, we're going to jump into the Q&A. Thanks very much for your first question this one Coming in from Joe Schwartz says, can we all agree that regardless of shape, the Earth is pretty dope? Thanks for that, Joe. Yeah, the Earth is a super dope. And thanks for your super sticker from Steven. Appreciate your support. As well as Dr. Anarchy, who says, hey, Witsit, when Blue Origin or SpaceX starts to offer commercial seats on a spacecraft to orbit the globe, would you be willing (laughs) to take a trip and admit that you have been wrong all this time?
2: Well, um, if it's just four minutes of weightlessness, which is identical to a vomit comet, I probably wouldn't admit I'm wrong. They'd have to let me independently verify it and document it. I also know there's something called a circumference of light. Divergent rays create a circumference of light. You could go up on a flat surface and appear to have a slight curve due to circumference of light. So, no, I probably still wouldn't believe it. I know you guys don't like that. If they took me out of space and I could float around and see that the earth was a ball from the outside, then, yes, I'd believe it, and that'll never happen.
1: This one's coming in from do appreciate your question. Will Stewart says Jen wins, doesn't matter what she says. As well as you got a fan out there, Jen. He says there are many variables that can explain different testimony about what can be seen. The visor technology, polarized versus not, light refraction, etc. Are you considering this when claiming contradiction?
2: Well, was that that question was for us?
1: I must have, I must have not followed the question there. I'm not sure. I think it was. They said there are many variables that can explain different testimony about what can be seen, the visor technology, polarized versus not, light refraction, etc. Are you considering this when claiming that there's a contradiction?
2: Yeah, that doesn't work when the same person contradicts their own testimony from the same occurrence and experience.
1: This one coming in from Sean Hawkins says, I'm still waiting to see Kai zoom the sun back in after it sets. I think this might have been regarding one of your earlier pictures or videos. It says, so oh, yeah. I'll repeat it. They said, I'm still waiting to see Kai zoom the sun back in after it sets. If she can't, she has no choice but to concede to curvature.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hello, my obsessive fan. Um, <laughs> there's videos on YouTube, but also uh, once the, the sun disappears because of perspective, so once it's actually disappeared beyond the vanishing point, then you obviously can't bring it back. So, But there is no curve. It's simply perspective.
1: You got it. This one coming in from kango 44 says, It's very, 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 very easy to measure the shape of the Earth Humans did it two and a half thousand years ago. <coughs> I did it last week myself. It's a globe. Also, buy a telescope, then you can see what the planets look like.
2: Okay. Look through a telescope. Probably 20 times, so save it. Uh, Obviously, putting sticks in the ground is not a measurement. You have reverse engineered a calculation. The calculations are not measurement. Of course, it works the same on a flat Earth. So why do you have to bring up something from 2,500 years ago? If we have NASA getting $60 million a day, it seems kind of weird. Can we get physical measurement, not presumptive calculation?
4: Calculations are relationships between measurements.
2: Yeah, it's calculations are synonymous with measurements, though.
4: What did I just say?
2: I'm asking, are they the same? No. So you have to have physical measurement first, right? Mm -hmm. That's what
4: the sticks are measuring, yeah. What are they? Calculations or interpretations on measurements.
3: That's right. What are the sticks measuring?
2: Angle of uh, the sun's rays. Well, and the shadows, actually. But if I I do that same thing on a flat table, I can map it out with calculations to make the table a sphere. Did you not know that?
4: Uh, you can't, but you know.
2: Okay.
3: It also presupposes the distant a distance sun. Yeah. Which they had no way of establishing. And, and assumes it's, no
4: refraction. Yeah, you're ignoring the time factor, but that's cool.
2: No, no, yeah, we're pointing out the time factor and how stupid the claim is for globers to regurgitate what Google told them that it was proven 2,500 years ago. It's ridiculous to grow up.
4: It's not Google. It's the uh, navigators.
2: There's no primary documentation of, of this actual occurrence. Did you know that? I've got to so move we can to the move next on. one.
1: This one coming in from kango 44 says, showing the planets through a P900 and saying, quote, look, the planets are wandering stars, unquote, is the very height of dishonesty. Anyone can produce very clear images of the planets with a cheap telescope. It's
3: so funny because the definition of planea, Was Wandering Star in the past.
2: Yeah, and actually, when you look at them through telescopes, they pulsate. You'll never actually make a static observation of the lights, which is the entire point. And actually, there seems to be an analog and digital difference, which is why the P900 catches the cymatic patterns.
1: This one coming in from Balthazar228 says Do either of the flat earthers agree with Alden's theory of level Earth?
2: not f- not familiar
1: gotcha <laughs> that's it they're just trolling you i just wanted to see what you'd say though okay this one coming in from it's one of vosh's memes but will stewart uh, says there are many variables that can explain different testimony about oh, we got that one sorry about that elabaca thanks for your question says what's it why hasn't bob published or repeated his gyro test at different elevations if that's true he'll get fame and a nobel prize what is he waiting for
2: uh, he does have the documentation. Why, why is he not published it? I don't know. You'd have to ask him. Actually, the reason he didn't publish it, the real answer, I guess he's cool with me saying this, is because he gave it to be an exclusive in the Flatlanders episode that hasn't come out yet. And uh, so he was trying to do them a favor for letting them exclusively release it. And then secondly, he will never get a Nobel Prize because it's not about being honest or having new innovation or any type of discovery. It's about fitting fiss- the status quo of consensus. And you'll just get hand dismissal like we got from Taylor earlier where he's like, no, 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 margin of error. You're
3: a liar. Margin
2: it, of error margin of error so that doesn't yeah. it doesn't really matter to be honest but uh, there's you, your answer
4: didn't you just go on and on about how einstein overturned uh
2: paradigm of physics so that
4: contradicts what yeah, you just
2: said no because it still fit within the consensus actually that was res- thanks for making my point which was michelson Morley debunked the fact that the earth was supposedly spinning so theory of relativity had to come in and throw their little cape no, on to the, same- the heliocentric model i was talking and so then it was once again fitting into consensus which was my point mm-hmm. so we can move on
1: This one coming in from, do appreciate it. Doofus Man Fred says Bob released the full data from his FO gyro. The different rates detected corresponded directly to the FOG fog being at temperatures out of spec. Hashtag GLTF.
2: Okay, try to not use so many acronyms. We're not 7th graders. And I don't know what you're talking about. He hasn't released the full data. He gave it to them exclusively. So I think he might have made that up.
1: This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. Will Stewart strikes again, says you claim contradiction. But what about... What the, did he do that one twice? No, 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 he... It's a very close to one that we were at earlier, but it's a different one. He says, "You claim contradiction, but what about variables in visor technology, refraction position, etc. that isn't A and not A at the same time and in the same sense? Have you considered this?"
2: Yeah, yeah. It, again, it doesn't work if it's the same person talking about their own experience but then giving contradictory testimony just like in court they would be considered an invalid witness. Yes.
1: You got this one coming in from do appreciate your question. Tim Pryor says they say particles of the atmosphere reach to the moon, not that it's in the atmosphere. Read the whole
2: article. How can particles of the atmosphere go out past the moon without the atmosphere being out past the moon? This one from Robert Summers.
1: <laughs> well, hold on, just to be sure I read it right. They say they say. They say particles of the atmosphere reach to the moon, not that it's in the atmosphere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's a question Oops. of, like, the gradient falling off. It's a bit of a Theseus's ship. Like, how dense does the atmosphere have to be before it's not the atmosphere anymore? It's arbitrary in the sense that, Works. yeah, there might be a particle uh, from the planet that's on Mars right now, but we don't count it as part of the atmosphere, do we? How many so we drops have no of rain idea where the atmosphere
2: We have no idea where the atmosphere is. Got it. This
1: one coming in from, do appreciate your question. The gradient. Robert Summers.
3: (laughs) But you have to have pressure to have a gradient, by the way, honey.
1: Robert Summers (laughs) says. There's a pressure gradient. You can measure it. (laughs) Regarding Gyro, even if the values did change outside of a margin of error, what was being measured then?
2: That was for him, I would imagine. What was the? It was for me. What's the question? And so it's got to be for him, right? If it's outside the margin of error. He said even
0: and I think it's the gyro experiment. Gyro. Right, he's the one that
2: claimed it was margin, say, he's the one that claimed it was margin of error. Is so he, sure. If it's outside the margin of error, you say even
1: if the values did change outside of a margin of error, what was being measured then?
2: Yeah, yeah. The change in the vortexual movement within the ether. So, if you had a tornado, it's wider at the top and it's smaller and tighter at the bottom. So, you're measuring a differential of movement based on the vortexual motion. So, it would change with altitude at the same latitude. On the globe, it would stay exactly the same at the same latitude.
1: This one coming in from, do appreciate it, Will Stewart. Oh, he's hungry. He says if you maintain 30,000 feet, feet round or flat, you fly at 30,000 feet. Whether the earth is round or flat. Round, you stay at 30,000 feet. Flat, you stay at 30,000 feet. It's not fly, it's flying perpendicular. Explain.
2: Yeah. Okay, so the difference is on a globe, you would to maintain 30,000 relative to level, you have to actually be going down as opposed to just maintaining over top of a horizontal, which is what we actually assume it to be, as well as sea level to get your altitude in the first place.
1: This one coming in from Nuclear Creation says, oh, so if we are living on a flat earth, can we fall off of it? And since we supposedly live on the flat part, then what the F is on the other side? And are other stars and planets also flat?
2: oh so the word other would insinuate that you're begging the question that we are a planet so they are something different than the earth they move top of the earth create a sky clock what's below it well that's why you've always heard as above so below it's a hermetic principle which tracks back forever it's because like i showed you with the magnetic field we're the inertial plane so we have the same top of the magnetic field toroid underneath it as well and that's the only way that it could exist and when people smirk and laugh about it it's really funny because harvard still admits they can't explain the magnetic field in the globe and i can explain it perfectly so the answer is that you're within the inertial plane there's the same above same below and no we aren't planets and no you can't fall off of the edge which your with your trifecta question there that's a ridiculous idea can you fall, can you fall off of a shoreline secondly because we measure the earth to be a plane we're not claiming the entirety of it or a shape it could be some type of realm we have no idea it doesn't matter it's illegal to go there
3: and we're contained that's why we have gas pressure and from there then you would get a gradient
2: so you can't fall off through a container can you
4: this Holy one coming in from Alchemy,
2: huh? Do
1: appreciate it. High Flyer says, I've flown twenty two years as a US Air Force U two pilot above seventy thousand feet. Every time I've looked outside, the earth was curved.
2: Okay. So I want I want you to really listen carefully to this. There's something called the circumference of light based on Rayleigh scattering within the air, okay? So divergent rays have a circumference of light. Now, you can use AutoCAD or whatever to explain this to you. If you go up over a flat surface, the circumference of light based on certain altitudes will actually give the illusion of a slight curve. Of course, it doesn't actually match the globe predictions, but secondly, you can't see the actual curvature of the globe from 70,000 feet according to your own math.
3: And Neil deGrasse Tyson
2: which says 62 miles, you can't see it. So it's really, it's, it's, I'm not even saying you're lying because the circumference of light over a flat earth. It's possible that you could perceive that. Certainly if you really want to believe it, because that is what happens with Rayleigh scattering and a circumference of light, but you wouldn't see the physical curvature according to your own model.
1: Got it. This one coming in from do appreciate it. Ila Baca says, Witsit, you know, when there were direct, when there were direct, chile to san antonio flights sa might also be
2: san antonio and, and, and whatever it's called uh and, and what is it uh, i forgot to say it now uh oh and san whatever san what is it called do you want to somebody here knows uh i forgot saudi arabia well they
1: say no it's like an
2: i just don't know how to pronounce it. it's like say... uh A- a-n-t-i-g-o they Someone say
1: they say what's it you know when there were direct Chile to SA flights, World Cup in Santiago charters, many of them. Why? Because it's profitable. Other times, not so much.
2: Yeah, basically never happens. And again, it doesn't explain anything because you're following the jet streams. You're literally going over top of the air current. That's why when you go back the other way, it's significantly slower. Makes no sense on a globe, though.
1: Gotcha. Might have... Ila corrected me. South Africa. But nonetheless, I think uh, the same point is, uh, my guess is your answer is the same either way. But thanks for clarifying that, Ila And then Nuclear. Creation says, would love for flat earthers in debate to respond. I don't know if they mean to themselves or to the other speakers. I don't know. But anyway, Dan the Machine, or maybe it's to their previous question. Dan the Machine says, how do you have a quote-unquote southern hemisphere on a flat Earth. Is it Uh, circumference? If so, what's west and what's east?
2: (sighs) So that's why when I said hemisphere, I quoted it. I air-quoted it. East to west is relative to center. We travel using a compass, which is north, which points to the center. You go east and west. That's why you can circumnavigate on both a globe and a flat Earth. It is not mutually exclusive in any way. East and west is the same relative to north. Gotcha.
1: And thank you very much for this question coming in from Two Seconds. As I mentioned, our guests are linked in the description, folks. That includes if you're listening via the podcast. And Javid Benskazmi, thanks for your question, says, For Witsit and Kai, just saw she Lin on Jake's stream. She believes the biblical map is flat square map with North Pole in the north edge, not the center, and South Pole in the south edge. Would this map be considered...
2: Uh, I'd have to see it and look out the specifics. Like, to be honest, it's, it's very open right now. And anyone that's an honest researcher and looks into this knows that we don't know the accurate layout of the land and only people that have a bias are going to say otherwise. So I would be interested to see any and all projections. It's, it's worth looking at.
1: This one from Robert Summers says, wait, Witsit, are you asserting they wouldn't allow you to become
2: an astronaut?
3: Um, You need to be a Freemason. Yeah,
2: I'm not big into drinking (laughs) baby blood or being like Freemason, dress up in the dark, playing like dress up with grown adults. So maybe not.
1: This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. Whiskey. (laughs) Whiskey Brandt says, why haven't you guys presented One Globe Proof? I think that's for you, Jen and Taylor. Thank you. Um,
4: Yeah, we have. (laughs) So... When did you I didn't beating your wife. I'm sorry, go know. ahead.
0: <laughs> I didn't want to go down the same road as always, just presenting the same exact arguments. I, I think we made a pretty strong case, but a proof really depends on your standards of proof. And I, Taylor said it best. You know, if, if you're going to be skeptical, uh, sort of behooves you to be uniformly skeptical. And it's clear that there's a a level of skepticism being applied to the globe, even though the evidence does clearly support it. Properly interpreted, uh, that's just not being applied to the alternative hypothesis, which sadly isn't uh, doesn't appear to be specific enough to really mount uh, what might be necessary to a proof of disproving the opponent's position. You got it. This we one from.
1: Sorry, good. One Ron Tronymous says actual alleged outer space is pitch black. There are no stars in space. Explain Taylor and Jen. What was it again? They said actual alleged outer space is pitch black. There are no stars in space. Now explain, Taylor and Jen.
0: No, uh, I really want to take this one of his okay because let's not say that there are. No, we can't establish that there there's no there are no stars. Maybe the testimony of some of these astronauts went up and they said it was very dark. But let's think about what's going on here. We just had some experiments show us that the atmosphere is really big. What is that doing? It's a lens. What does a lens do? Focuses light. That's why you get the twinkles and all those super fun, beautiful, uh, you know, spiritual geometry, what have you effects. That's all the combined effects of the water in the atmosphere, which is what makes this such a great model for that. Because it's got a tremendous amount of conservation of structure, even though it's quite wonky.
1: Or anything
4: Yeah, I mean if you don't accept picture evidence of stars in the sky, but you ex- accept picture evidence of the earth being flat, even though the uh, laws of perspective don't work for flat Earth. They only work uh accord qu- they only fit a globe model, um etcetera, etc. Cetera. I mean it's it's the uh double standard of evidence. Again, can we can measure so a minute of Earth. I don't know what rate? else. We can't send everyone to space yet, so I don't know what else you want other than pictures.
3: Can't send Physical to measurement space. of Earth
2: curvature, probably.
3: Yeah, or just prove that you can have gas pressure without a container.
2: We'll, we'll move on. We don't want to. Yeah, that was anyway. your question.
1: It's all good. This one coming in from, do That's appreciate easy. it. Cana Bear, let me know if I pronounced it right, says boats don't fall off don't fall over the edge of an imaginary sphere horizon. We see way further. The globe model was made using flat Earth elevation angle measurements. Taylor.
4: The globe was measured with what?
1: They said, the globe model was made using flat Earth elevation angle measurements.
4: Uh, No. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> the globe was... Sure a lot sport. of different things harshly uh originally sea navigation um they couldn't make flat maps work so this one from
1: let me i hope let me know uh if i did get that can of air, if i got that right in terms of understanding it and, and reading it Ilabaka, thanks for your question says witsit if we find a grain of sand one mile from the beach does that mean the beach goes that far analog to the atmosphere
2: what um i i don't understand i'll read it one more time that sounds like okay
4: basically the question is how many grains of sand is a pile is a beach so if you have a couple pieces of sand from the beach scattered on the road does the beach reach to the road or is that just a piece of the beach that's on the road
2: oh we're talking about the atmosphere oh okay Oh, oh you're saying analogous to the atmosphere i get it now um yeah, yeah. If there's a magical vacuum sitting next to an atmosphere, even though gases have no intrinsic shape and that's stupid, then the gas that keeps going out would still technically be part of the atmosphere. At what point in time do you draw the line? You don't have a road or anything like that. That's At the, not moon. Moon.
0: At the right moon. At the moon. That's where it stops. You, draw, right you can approximate it at the moon because the moon is what's binding. I mean, you're asking a great question. The moon is what's binding the atmosphere. I don't think this is very well understood. But it would boil off if it weren't for the moon constantly scooping it back in. So this is a very good question. If that doesn't. I like disagree, that you at least. I hurt. do really like you, Jen, in
2: the sense that you're willing to think outside of what they tell you that we know everything about. So, like, I will give you that. I think that's beautiful, and and that's what everyone needs to do, regardless of what they think about this subject. This one coming and in. And from... I don't think
4: there's anything ridiculous about having a gradient. We can
2: observe
4: that. Yeah, I me mean, either. The, the time. only way you can have
2: a gradient. Well, listen, listen, man. The reason you have a gradient is because you have gas pressure. Gas is constantly introduced at the surface level. Most of the gas is coming up from underneath the surface, and we have an electric gradient going up 100 volts per meter on the earth. So if the earth is flat and contained, that's exactly what we would have. Okay. Okay. This and coming we in from. Would have home.
4: gas pressure? i have got to give off the awesome last control. word on that
2: one because the question is for him. Right. This one coming
1: in from Down in the Rabbit Hole says, Good to see you, Down in the Rabbit Hole. Says, Do you think Globe Cultus? will ever admit that zooming in on a terrestrial object from a terrestrial position is completely different from zooming in on a celestial object from a terrestrial position. You can't zoom it back. I can read that again, if you like. They say, do you think globe cultists, like Taylor, will ever... I'm just kidding. <laughs> they say, do you think globe cultists will ever admit that zooming in on a terrestrial object from a terrestrial position is completely different than zooming in on a celestial object so celestial object rather than terrestrial object so in the first case it's terrestrial object being zoomed in from a terrestrial position and others saying don't you think are you willing to admit that that's completely different from zooming in on a celestial so with this with a c not terrestrial but celestial object from a terrestrial position that you're zooming in from they said you can't zoom it back
4: i'm not sure what he's saying he they can't zoom it back from but yeah there's there are differences i'm not sure what differences he wants me to state there are um but i i don't know i guess the the one comment i have is the reason you can't zoom back things that go over the horizon from that are on the terrestrial level is because of the curve and the curve does not rise to the actual horizon line, which you would expect from linear perspective.
1: You got it. This one coming in from at Purdue. Let me know if I, if I say this right, they say nowhere in my flight training was I taught to fly as if the earth was flat. Instead I was taught the four forces of flight, which imply the presence of gravity.
2: Uh, But how come whenever you were trained, they had to negate the gravity vector and you don't ever have to account for it when you fly? No one, this is a, ridiculously egregious straw man to say that we are saying they teach pilots in pilot school that the earth is flat no one's saying that it's that when you fly the actual plane you do not account for personally account for curvature or spin you fly as if you don't have to worry about that and you do also not have to make any type of accounting for gravity other than weight itself of course which is which is called lift that's it's a plane so yeah you have to fly the plane like it's flat bro
4: I'm just not understanding why you would have to account for this.
2: Account for, uh, oh, because the ground would be dropping down beneath you, bro. And if the earth is spinning, I'm going to land on it. If I'm landing on it, going west then i'm going relative to the earth spin if i'm going east i'm going relative to the earth spin but we don't have to account for any of this north south east west we land on runways every which way never we get to fly the planes as if the earth is just sitting there perfectly still and it's completely flat but actually it's spinning and curving and gyrating sideways and going around the sun and all this other nonsense so like you it's just the answer is Relativity fixes all of your problems. That's the answer. It makes it look like it's flat. That's the even
3: answer. though it's never been scientifically validated. And it's as a validated. reification
2: fallacy. you can't treat physical properties to conceptual abstractions, including a privation, which is the absence of anything. So it's actually stupid lunacy on its face.
1: This is what coming in from. Do appreciate your question. Perpetual motion says if Chile and Greenland, and that's. <clears throat> If Chile and Greenland are separated by 8,000 miles, this is, folks, you got to do me a solid. I Sometimes it's like the, I don't understand. So I'm going to read it just as it is. They say, if Chile and Greenland, in, if Chile and Greenland that's separated by 8,000 miles is seeing the sun while New York City, so I think they're saying like if both Chile and Greenland which are separated by 8,000 miles, are seeing the sun. While New York City, that's 500 miles west, is in the dark. How does that work on a flat earth? Turning a ball Um, in front
2: of a lamp
1: solves it.
2: Man. Oh, my goodness, man. It's called light attenuation. Light does not go on forever. And I've explained about four times in this debate. There's something called to be fair, maybe you super chatted before unlikely though. It's called the circumference of lights based on the divergent rays. There's there's Rayleigh scattering of light. Okay, it's a well-known phenomenon. And so is attenuation of light and absorption rate of light. So the idea that the light should go on forever is ridiculous and antithetical to physics that we know exists. It's called a straw man. This one coming in
1: from daniel hagel says just here to say you gotta get david weiss flat earth sun moon zodiac clock app in the app store presumably on android and apple devices love you dave oh i think they're saying like they're saying dave we hope that you get this app so that it can be used on android and apple devices do I, let me know, Dave, if I got that right. Or Daniel, let me know if I got it right. Robert Summers
3: says. Take, oh, sorry. I was going to say take the Flat Earth Challenge. Watch the video of the day for two weeks, and you will definitely probably question the globe, at least. Or be a Flat earth.
1: This one from Pivot Syroy says, shout out to the builders of the Dutch. Well, let's see. Afsluit Džik, One of the longest dams in the world which you can clearly see curve over the horizon and which, which is calculations take into account the earth's curving during construction.
2: Every single time that people say this, it's not true. They don't actually account for the actual curvature rate, nowhere close to it at all whatsoever. You can't even build things if you don't maintain levels. Secondly, where you claim it's going over the curve of the earth, that's going to change every single day. So is the earth breathing in and out? Are you going to see more of the dam at one point? How does that work? It's because it's all based on atmosphere conditions so the atmosphere changes throughout the day changes how much you can see the earth doesn't breathe in and out so the the dam isn't consistently obstructed by a physical location every single day and the same amount of the dam is hidden that's just patently false and I do not account for eight inches per mile drop either because that would be absurd
1: you got it and thank you very much for your question robert summers says so the answers to my questions were two in all caps assert that flat earth is some kind of tornado or something and that all astronauts are baby blood drinking masons evidence for that
2: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) oh okay uh it was just a joke i don't know if they actually drink the blood of babies but they are typically masons um some of them don't admit it so yeah that would be speculation but they all like to throw up the, oh i can't even do it rv truth will slaughter me but they throw up the signs consistently they so the point is that yeah i wouldn't be allowed to be an astronaut but what was the first part of the comment first not one, the blood drinking part but the uh a tornado. Oh, yeah. A, so, a, no, I didn't say the Earth is a tornado. I get you're trying right. to be facetious, but it's that that's a, a good analogy, a whirlpool, a tornado of how it's wider and then it gets tighter because that's the vortexual movement in the ether. And the actual ring laser gyro you guys use to measure the Earth's spin was discovered with or uses the effect called the Sagnek effect discovered by a guy named Sagnek. Which said it was the vortexual movement in the ether, which also explains the Michelson Morley. I was explaining the movement of the field of energy over top of the earth that you're detecting when you look at infrarometry patterns in its ring laser gyro. This one coming in from
1: do appreciate it. Cana Bear says: boats don't fall over the edge of an imaginary curve horizon. You can see much further than globe model sphere calculations. The globe model was created using flat earth elevation angle measurements. I think Cana bear, we read that one earlier, but uh, I don't know if you missed it, but we did. Maybe you're, you went to the bathroom, but we'll give you uh this was exactly the, the same one that I read, but so if you guys want to respond you for, let's humor them. Cause they, they really want to hear your response to this.
4: I think it was a little bit different. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know how you get a globe from flat earth measurements if, it's flat how is it producing a curve um and uh the the reason you can sometimes see further than the uh calculated curve of the globe is atmospheric refraction which can make the the curve appear less curved but cannot make flat appear curved gotcha this one coming in
1: from Shane from Kentucky. Thanks so much for your, your kind words. It says, James, you're a legend. Thanks for all you do. Seriously, thanks. I really do appreciate your support. And also, I've got to pass the credit on to the guests. The debate the guests, are the lifeblood of the channel. We appreciate them so much, my dear friends. I've got to tell you, they honestly make this show awesome. And so we want to say... A huge thank you to them. And Amanda sent in a. I've got to put this in the old description box because I I mentioned it once, but nobody, uh, I I hadn't put it in the description box. We have on Modern Day Debate is on Venmo. In case you are like, listen, I want to submit a super chat, but I don't like supporting YouTube because, you know, YouTube takes 30% of super chats, like right off the top. And so if you're like, hey, I don't want to, you know, I'm not really big on giving more to Google, that's fair. We do have a Venmo and I'll put that in the description box. But Amanda said, don't forget to smash that like button. Thank you so much for your support, Amanda. Seriously, that really does mean a lot. We are encouraged by that. And it's true. Don't forget to hit that like button. We really do appreciate it when you do support the
2: channel that way. But one last thank you. Austin. Dave, have you ever considered reading the questions that they send off off YouTube? Like, if, say, if they PayPal'd you or Venmo'd you in a question, that way they'd still get the perk of... Just oh, an yeah. idea. I, I try to I try to kind of do that because they take too much of it, man, the little grabblers. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's what I was saying is that
1: we, I'm going to put it in the description box. So that way people can access it in the future is that we do have PayPal and we do have, yeah, we should, we'll put that on the top of the description box just for anybody who's out there and we'll put it, we'll make sure it's like always in there because some people, I don't blame them. I think everybody in some way, frankly, I think YouTube tends to go after Any extreme view, no matter which direction, like politically, for example, like if you are far enough left, I think that YouTube may actually censor you. And I think if you're far enough right, YouTube will censor you. And so I think everybody, I sympathize if everybody has a little bit of skepticism about YouTube. I think that YouTube's trying to please the mainstream. And so anybody too far out in any direction, YouTube, I think, is not always but I want to say, Austin, Kai, Taylor, and Jen, it's been a true pleasure to have you. Thank you Thank you so much. They're linked in the description, folks. Do you want to hear more about their views? I bet you do. I mean, you've been listening this long. What are you waiting for? So I'll be back in just a moment with updates about upcoming juicy debates that you don't want to miss. So stick around, and I'll be right back, folks.